0: Alright, what's going on guys? This is DeVige. Welcome to my first ever podcast. I'm joined here today with the amazing Dan Swint, okay. a.k.a. Daniel Swint. Is your real name Daniel? Daniel. Daniel, cool. So Daniel, you want to tell us uh, what you do? Yeah, I do, I do hard money, which means I do private asset lending for real estate investors. Cool. And you're uh, an account executive, or actually a lead account executive at uh, More Financial, Correct. which is uh, a notorious company it has been doing deals for, I think, what, 13, 14 years now? Uh,
1: 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there. Over a decade.
0: Over a decade, yeah. Over yeah. Half,
1: yeah. half a billion lent, so.
0: Cool. Um, so you've been in the game for a while, but private money was not your first career, no. right? You sort of were in a different industry prior, so. Totally different. I think it was
1: timeshares, is that right? Started in student travel, which basically is spring break. Cool. Did that in my teens, early 20s. <laughs> right. Uh, when I left that, I I got into timeshare by chance. I just looked for sales, vacation sales, and timeshare came up. Cool. So I did that for about seven years, eight years.
0: Awesome. So I definitely want to get into all that, but I kind of want to start like way back in your life, mm-hmm. sort of, you know, early on, because Dan Swint, you've been around for how old are you, like 43? 42. 42. Easy there. So <laughs> what was your, um, I'm curious, what was your childhood like? Where are you from?
1: From Sonoma.
0: And Sonoma, okay. So
1: that's Northern California. It's about uh, 20-ish miles north of San Francisco. Most people know Napa Valley. Yeah. Uh, the valley to the west of Napa Valley is
0: Sonoma Valley. Are you a so, big wine guy?
1: Uh, I grew up with it. So to me, you just drink it.
0: So drink. were you drinking <laughs> as a baby or was it... <laughs> maybe <laughs> through my
1: mother's milk, but... Uh, my family didn't drink a lot, um, and we weren't wine. We weren't of the wine class. And my dad was in construction. My mom stayed home or worked retail, uh, and we had wine. It, it, it was around. We had little bits of it, I'd say. I can remember being 12, 13, 14 in my early teens, having you know a couple sips at Christmas or Thanksgiving or sure. whatever. My grandmother was absolutely against any drinking, not for an adult, but we didn't drink around. We didn't have a sip of wine around her, but at home, sure, we had a, sure. a sip here and a sip there.
0: Cool. And it wasn't what a big was? Deal. Gotcha. What was um? What was life like in that environment? Being in the wine country, and I don't know if your parents traveled a lot, but was it sort of? Yes,
1: yeah, so my dad traveled a lot for work. Okay. He was a project manager for a very large construction firm that worked for the military, the federal and state and city governments. So uh-huh. he built runways. He built uh, underground steam systems in, in Philadelphia and New York. So he traveled quite a bit. We would go with him sometimes. Uh, our family vacations were to, like, Tahoe, but I grew up on 16 acres. Um, cool. And for a 12-year-old, an, an 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old kid, 16 acres and an entire mountain behind you that you can disappear into for a day. Yeah. And just do whatever you want. That Every day was a vacation, if you will, because I could
0: just go. Just do what you want. To. Yeah, I feel like the creative juices probably were flowing a lot, especially, like, as a child. Like, you're in this huge, huge. environment with trees and animals and all this stuff. Like, yep. That's sort it. of get lost in your own world.
1: Well, you can just go and there's nobody there to tell you not to. And in those days, quote unquote trespassing, you know, I was a kid and yeah. there wasn't any danger in it. I think most of the quote unquote neighbors in the area that had hundreds of acres around us knew. It's just what we did as kids in, in, in the country. It's it's different when you grow up in a city, you know, sure, people are very aware of their, their boundaries. Up there, if I hopped a fence and, and went onto somebody's 150 acre farm or property they didn't know and as long as i didn't destroy anything they didn't
0: care yeah that's really cool i feel like it's very different from where i grew up in orange county where it was you know you've got these sort of uh what's the word not rich but like what's that word for people who are sort of stuck up like rich people uh uh so the p yeah privileged privileged yeah sort of in that privileged environment where you know if you try and like we had this where I grew up. There was this big park, and there was a gate. Yep. And if you go past the gate, there's this like gorgeous trail taking you to the park. Right. But you're not supposed to go down that way. Right. So we would like hop the fence and go over. Okay. And if if uh, neighbors saw us do that, they would call the cops, and it would be sort of like, you know, we felt restricted. We
1: calling had the out. cops call on us a few times. Oh, you, so you did. Know, okay. I shouldn't say that. We heard shotgun shots. <laughs> oh God. Back then it was uh, rock salt. Yeah. But they weren't shooting at us. <clears throat> they were just scaring us. Bottom line is, here's what I think, man. And I could be wrong. I'm not a I'm not a sociologist. Sure. But when you have pe- – I know I know this to be true. When you have people living in closer uh, contact and closer environments, in other words, you're backed up house to house to house to house. And that one area is a community area. Yeah. It seems like everybody wants to be in everyone else's business. And because they feel like that community area is their area, that you might be hurting it somehow. And there's just more of a, a push. Because, I mean, I grew up yeah. in neighborhoods too. Sure. It's just that I had acreage behind me. Cool. When you're out there, nobody, as long as, you know, their biggest fear, the reason they didn't want you on their property was not because we were going to hurt it. It was because
0: if we got hurt, it was a liability for them. Right. That makes sense. I but mean, people in that area
1: also knew that most kids' parents that are, that grow up in the same way yeah. that if the kid screws up, the fucking kid screwed up and right. that's his ass, you know? Sure. I mean, if you go onto somebody's property and you fall down and break your leg when you're hiking, you know. An hour away from your house Yeah Having hopped fences My dad My dad would have told me That's your ass And you're gonna pay back For the medical bills We're <laughs> not gonna go sue We're not gonna go sue The land, the landowner Because we were landowners Right And we would expect The same of, of them
0: I think that's a good Parenting style honestly I think that's how I plan To sort of teach my kids Is like You know Maybe not when they're Two or three But <laughs> as you get into Your eight, nine, ten It's like You know At two or three
1: It's And I, mean, I have a nine month A ten month old at home now Right If she falls I don't run to pick her up Really, I mean, if she if she violently fell, I of, course, of course, be there in a heartbeat. But if she's walking and she falls on her butt and rolls over sideways and she wants to cry, okay, you're hey, teaching her you to get fell down. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. I mean,
0: I obviously don't have a kid. I have a cat. It's a little bit different, but no, I, I agree with that. You don't run to your cat's rescue when it falls off the lattice that you no. have in your in your family room, and they're I a it climbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I my cat's like two years old now, and it it knows that when it falls, like. Not to do it again. Like, it learns his lesson. That's I don't have point. to. Yeah. You got to learn. Absolutely. So what were your interests sort of at this time, like in your, you know, 8, nine, ten, sort of uh, age range?
1: Uh,
0: baseball. Baseball, okay. Uh,
1: my neighbor, who's still to this day, we bought the land off him to, to build our first house. Well, our second house, but the first one I remember building with my family. Yeah. Uh, to this day, Ryan's still my best friend. And we would hike together, play together, do all the things that boys do. Together, um, But then we played baseball together all the way through, and we wound up being on a lot of the same teams. And then, of course, Sonoma was so small that by the time we got to, to high school, we were all – it was one high school. Sure. So baseball, reading, hiking, just being outside. We I had an Atari and then later a Nintendo. Uh-huh. And don't get me wrong. I played a little bit of video games. But it was like an hour of that, and then I was like, let's go outside. I just wasn't, I couldn't sit and do it. And those were old video games. That's not, I haven't played a video game in 15 years. Right. Not because I don't want to, just because I think if I do, I might, uh, I might get stuck in it. And my wife told me that if I start playing video games, she'd divorce me. You don't want that. (laughs) One of the the reasons she liked me is that I didn't play video
0: games. Yeah. What's interesting is I grew up in the, you know, the late nineties, early two thousands and being outdoors was huge in like my elementary school years. But as I got into, you know, junior high school, high school, it was, like technology started to develop, right? So right. people stopped, at least kids that I was seeing, stopped going outside. There wasn't as much play, so to right. speak. It was like, you know, phones all day. And I feel like I wasn't around when you were growing up, obviously. But I feel like at that time it was you didn't really have, you didn't have a cell phone.
1: You were born when I was basically twenty. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> we, right. we get along like we're a lot closer in age now. Because yeah, that's the way the world works. But yeah. by the time the iPhone came out, I was tw- I was twenty. How old were you when the iPhone came out?
0: Oh. The first one 15. I remember was like the 3, the iPhone 3, Yeah. I think was the first one. That was like, what am I now, 23, probably like 14, 15. Yeah, so I was 32
1: at the time or something. That's no, crazy. Couldn't have been. Was it 10 years? Yeah, it was 10 years ago,
0: yeah. give or take. You were in the 30s, early 30s. Yeah, it was my
1: early 30s, and oh. I was traveling and doing all kinds of things. I didn't care about a phone. Yeah. I mean, I used it, but it wasn't something that I had attached to me. In fact, if I could leave it, I did.
0: Yeah. You know. That's interesting. Yeah, man. I is, you know, I mean, especially in, in your business and private money, it's important because you're on the phone with your clients all day. But sure. yeah, I think there's a gift and a curse with it for sure. Yep. Um, so after sort of like middle school, like you're going into high school, what was that like developmental period for you? like?
1: Middle school is tough for everybody, I think, just hormones and everything else. If, yeah. You know, it, I learned, I, I really got into school and I always liked school because I like to read, I love history. I love. At the time, I didn't realize I liked psychology a lot, but I loved history and how things had evolved. And Shit. a lot of history was understanding how, how, the, how nature works and how people work with nature and those archetypes come together. So um, I kind of dug into school in seventh and eighth grade, and I was always a good student. It wasn't easy, but I enjoyed it. And then in high school, things changed. Bass, I, I stopped playing trumpet. Um, I played baseball my whole life, but I played trumpet until eighth grade. My yeah. mom told me I was crazy for not playing anymore, but in high school it wasn't cool. So it was baseball. It was school. It was girls. It was at that time I started doing some traveling with the student travel business. Cool. We were going to Utah to go skiing with only st- only kids and the company, like no parents, hardly any chaperones. That's fine. And time of my freshman year, we went to Utah for a week over Christmas break. So I oh, loved wow. to ski. I was fortunate enough to have friends whose parents would take me. My parents didn't ski much at the time, or have really the funds to do it. And yeah. At that point, a divorce was happening, so. Gotcha. Um, I had two friends whose parents loved to ski. So. Cool. In high school, by the time I could drive. My buddies could drive my junior year, and then my I couldn't even drive till I was almost a senior, just because I was young for my class. Yeah. We would leave on Thursdays, and my coach knew it. As long as my dad, my dad said, as long as you're getting like a three point seven five.
0: In wow, school That's hot That's a high GPA
1: Well he He put it He put it at that For a reason Because he said As long as you're Getting those grades I don't care If you cut school And drive to Tahoe To go skiing on Friday Yeah, so, I, th- yeah.
0: I personally think That's a really good um, Parenting strategy Like my parents Had a very similar thing Where they were like As long as you're Getting A's and B's Do whatever you got Like minus drugs Pregnancy And like Of course You know Yeah uh, you screw up It's on you Yeah exactly But I You
1: I get th- in trouble With you know With the law That's on you
0: Exactly. Et cetera, et cetera. Don't
1: do that. And I never got, I, I didn't do anything great. I never got anybody pregnant or got a, got a Yeah. But we would do all the things that kids do, go drinking and, and screw around. Sure. And I got caught one time and it was nothing big. And my dad grounded me for like two weeks, <laughs> but I just never got caught. My little sister, she got caught for everything. Oh really? I had my own house by the time I was 12 on our property, my own apartment. Wow. So I could literally come and go as I wanted.
0: So it sounds like you weren't you weren't a troublemaker you weren't a rebel you were kind of just like you enjoyed the outdoors you liked to have fun that wasn't perfect but good student I, yeah. I didn't I didn't yeah
1: I didn't bring more stress on my parents other than just having a son and I was the oldest son of three you know myself and my two little sisters yeah so as long as I set you know led by example as much as possible still a big brother still a jerk to them all that stuff but didn't get in trouble my parents were pretty lenient. That's good. That's interesting, man. If I would have gotten in trouble, that would have been different.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, for sure. Then maybe not as much freedom and that kind of thing. Oh, for sure. So then uh, what about high sc- I guess you kind of said high school. What about college? What was that like? Did you want to go to college?
1: Yeah. I mean, my dad, my mom went to JC. My dad went to Santa Clara, graduated from Santa Clara, was going to get his master's at Stanford, but got into the into construction and, sure. and, and was just running with the money. So yeah. I was told at a young age or... I got the grades. I liked school. I liked interacting with people, students, teachers, everybody. I mean, yeah. I was always that kid that wanted to sit at the adult table. Or,
0: you know, yeah. Just
1: was. And I right. remember being that way. My parents always told me that's how I was. I liked all of everything that school had to offer other than the little things along the way that suck, like too much homework and crap. But right. I wanted to go to college from the time I could remember because my dad always talked about his college years as being some of the best years of his life sure. prior to having getting married and having kids. Your college years... You're there to learn, but you're there to learn more than just the books. You're there to experience life yep. without your parents. I always wanted to. I played a year of baseball. Uh, yeah. And um, I had no freedom. It was eat, shit, breathe, sleep, baseball. No girls. Could hardly take any. I, I was taking like nine units, the minimum, because I was playing baseball and travel. Sure. And I was traveling around in a van with a bunch of sweaty 19- and 20-year-old guys. And, <laughs> and they were all jerks. They were all testosterone-filled, roid rage, rage and jerks. Yeah. And after a year of it, um, I decided to, to leave. I would move back home. I worked three and four jobs, serving tables, bar backing, whatever I could. I was 17, 18 at the time. Wow. Saved enough money to go to Chico. And went to Chico stayed up north. And Big party the school. The whole
0: world opened. Big party school, Chico, right?
1: Big party school. Yeah. Um, every college is a party school, yeah. unless they're
0: purely. Commuter. But I feel like Chico's notorious for it. like my uncle went to Chico. It East is Valley.
1: because because unlike a commuter school, say Cal State Dominguez Hills, right? Or yeah. One of these schools that <coughs> kids kids tend to live at home, especially in today's expensive environment we're in. Yeah. Kids tend to live at home, go to school, and go home. They're still in high school, basically. Yeah. When I went to when I went away to school, I wanted to go far enough, but I didn't want to go to. Northwestern, or I didn't want to go to Florida State, right? And I didn't want to pay the out-of-state tuition. But bottom line, I was paying. So bottom line is I wanted to go far enough, and Chico's about three hours from Sonoma. I could still go home if I wanted to, but not be expected to go home because my parents wanted to see me. Correct. Like, I'm not driving three and a half hours. I got shit going on. Yeah. And Chico was a party school, um, but I took 21 units. That's a lot.
0: That's, like, the most you can take, right? Technically, I think you can take as many as you want. Right. I took
1: 21 because I was paying for it and because I liked school and I knew I wanted to be in business. Um, I, knew, I knew I had a certain aspect of sales and marketing just from my awareness of my personality. And I wanted to be in business. And yeah. so I took all – I took as much as I could, but I did one thing. I
0: never had a Friday class. Really? So you had a three-day weekend every week? Thursday – well, <laughs> Sunday
1: I – Tended to not have the Sunday fun day yeah. That everybody wanted to have Yeah Sunday was my my school day It was homework And just Cool Maybe chilling, and having some You know my roommate and I Have a couple girls go over We'd watch a movie or something But it was By 4 o'clock on Sunday It was Back to the mindset That tomorrow's Monday Cool So that was Chico And that was fun man And I was also in the spring break Industry at the time Right um, And was running Chico Sac State And helping at Davis And UNR So yeah. I was traveling with that too And then we were going to Mexico In the spring I was living in Mexico in the summer with the company, um, mm-hmm. running senior trips, and then we also did all the winter high school trips that I used to go on as a high school kid. And now, I was staffing and chaperoning those trips. Cool. So, I was busy, and then I was working three jobs during the summer. You're doing a lot. You're doing a lot. I like to go fast, man. I get bored yeah. if I'm
0: sitting around. That's huge. I mean, it sounds like you, um, you sort of had an interest maybe in becoming pro in baseball. I could be wrong. Sure.
1: Um, but I think the interest was more pay my way through school. With Gotcha. So the love was there. I still die hard. I still love the game. Yeah, um, Giants fan, being from up there, die hard, of course. Right. It's been easy <laughs> in the last decade. Yeah. But I loved the game. I didn't like the business of it. I didn't like not having a life away from it. And yeah. it's a pyramid, right? Everybody plays in their like anything. Almost everybody plays they their kids, but the guys that get to be pro have to go through so much unless they're just kangaroo V Junior. Or Right. Aaron Judge, right? Those guys are in at 17 and 18. At 17, I weighed 100 and 140 pounds. <laughs> yeah. and it was this big around, yeah. You know, and I had just gotten a little bit taller, so I loved it. I never had the illusion that I was going to play pro, but I thought I could get through college with it. And had I done some of the things that the guys were doing then, cause this was 20 something years ago. In other sure. words, juicing. <laughs> yeah. Had I done that, yeah. I probably would have gone D one. Had just As long as I didn't hurt myself and had a scholarship. But I just, I didn't want to do that to myself. I wanted to use this muscle, not those muscles. Yeah,
0: it sounds like you had that business acumen. You had the drive. You were good at baseball, but you realized that business was more of your skill set, more long-term, of a goal that made sense for you.
1: Yep, so real quick to rewind, when when I was a kid, from eight years old until about 11, I picked mistletoe out of trees and sold it.
0: Wow. Christmas. So that's where the entrepreneurial bug sort of kicked in.
1: I pulled golf balls out of the creek in Sonoma, and when we went on our vacation to Lake Tahoe. <laughs> I would pull golf balls out of the creek, and I would sell them back to the golfers. And one wow. year I came home with $2,200
0: after selling. What? Days. And ah, when I got I too a a lot old of money, to sit up is. on the course, yeah. I put
1: my little sisters up there and gave them a 10% cut. Smart. <laughs> Starting to get employees coming. Yeah. I was just like, oh, you're younger than me, you're younger than me, Your are girls. Yeah. I'll go down in the creek, I'll find the balls, you sell them back.
0: That's, I like that, man. I think, um, I actually had that bug too early on. Like I was like selling fake watches on Craigslist. I don't, I'm not proud of it, but like you just say watches, watches, God, <laughs> Watches not fake. Um, there you go. but like hey, selling they worked, watches, right? Hey, they ticked, they were automatic. Three. Exactly. Um, but not like watches, like, you know, headphones, like any kind of shit I could find. Sure. Right. And I feel like in your business, especially as a, as a lender, it's you're chasing down those borrowers, right? Which we'll get to in a second, but That sort of, do you think that experience of selling the golf balls and going through that, did that sort of mold your ability? No doubt. It did. Okay. I liked, I also
1: learned pretty early with my parents because they, they were not hands off. They were very much parents. Yeah. But I couldn't go to my dad and say, can I have $20? Uh, And if I did, I didn't feel good about it Yeah. for some reason. So what I realized was if I had my own money, it was my own money. Yeah. Same reason I through my dad's he gave me a car when I was 16 he told me I had to go out and pick up my sister I had plans to go to the beach he was out of town he was in Washington working sure and he said you need to pick up your sisters I said I'm going to the beach I was going with some girl there's going to be a party at the beach Mm -hmm. and uh, he said no you need to go do this and if you can go to the beach after that fine well I called the girl and she said well I really want to be out there I'll go with someone else so I'm pissed right (laughs) right I pick up my sisters I drop them off it's too late to go to the beach my dad's getting home Monday this is Saturday this is Friday night the next day, I walked down the street. My good friend's mother was selling her 1987 Jetta. I had money saved because I'd always tried yeah. hard to make money. And yeah. I gave her $1,800. Mm-hmm. Bought her car.
0: Wow.
1: My dad comes home Monday night. Yeah. The Jetta's sitting in the, in the car next to the car he had given me in the driveway. And he, cut, he knocks on my apartment. And he goes, who's, who's here with you? Or, hey, I'm home. Good to see you. Who's here? Whose car? And I said, And I took his keys out of my pocket and tossed them to him. I said, that's my car. And he's like, what? And I said, it's my car. I have freedom now. And he goes, you are my son. And he laughed. He goes, you are so my son, but I'm still your fucking dad. Yeah. So if I need you to do something, you're still going to do it.
0: But I'm you. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it was cool. Man. That must have been a really... That's probably a moment you look back at a lot. Like, I tell that story all the time. All the time, yeah. Yeah. Cause that's it's just, cool, man. It's one of
1: those growing up moments with your dad where you have that first pushback that's not an argument. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. not me saying, you... It's me saying, all right, well, I saw the situation, and here was my answer for it. And he loved it, but he still had to keep the reins on me, right? He had to set 16. the
0: boundaries, yeah. Yeah,
1: 16. If he's, you oh, you're car, you can do whatever you want, then I would have yeah. taken advantage of that. So yeah.
0: Cool. I would think as a father, like, if when I become a, a father one day, hopefully, like, and my son did that, I think I'd be extremely proud. Like, that would sure, be a man. moment that I would tell my friends about and be like, you know, my son just worked his ass off, bought his own car at 16. Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: So that's cool, man. So um, He didn't I mean, know I was doing it, obviously.
1: So right, right, right. <laughs> I didn't ask. And that's the point. It was my money.
0: Yeah. You know? For sure. So um, now, sort of into your career path, what sort of um, – what did that look like? I mean, coming out of college and trying to figure out life and you – know, Yeah,
1: what? I, th- I, th- I think a lot of people today coming out of college um, expect a job. They feel entitled to a job. Yeah. Um, and this may be just a perception. Mm-hmm. My view of it was, I need mean, this is – my dad said to me when, when I graduated college, we're laying on my lawn in Chico. And he goes, the shit starts now. <laughs> and I said, what do you
0: mean? He goes, you think this has been hard. Goes, now yeah. you really got to work. Yeah. Like school is easy. This School's
1: is fun. It's easy. I mean, yeah. it's not always easy, but it's easier, right? Sure. And so I felt like I needed to go find a job. And I did the whole, let me look at tech. Let me look. And what I realized was with the student travel company I had, I loved it. They wanted to hire me. And I loved it. And it was sales and it was a real job and I was going to learn something because even though it was the product we were selling was party trips for high school and college kids away from their parents, yeah. we still had to, to create those trips, market those trips, sell those trips, then run those trips. Mm. I knew I would learn a lot. Sure. And I learned a lot there. I told you what happened. I fell into timeshare after that. I did that and made amazing money because back then the timeshare money was stupid. My my first year second year out of college sorry third year with the spring break industry I made about 40000 take home this was uh, 2003 sure mm-hmm. my first month in timeshare I made 30 my check was $38,000 in one
0: month one month holy smokes and I'm
1: 23 that's a lot of money for
0: you in 23 <laughs> and I'm sharing a wow. bedroom
1: and a house with four other people in San Francisco and I, the next day I'm like guys I'm moving out Can I went to my own place
0: wow yeah
1: so that was my first month I never made that much again
0: I oh, mean really.
1: I made tens of thousands every but month, not yeah but never that
0: much. Well because you at that age it's you know 23 right Is how old you were Yeah. That's my age right now and I feel like I'm at my peak in terms of my motivation
1: No nah,
0: so, you're not No I mean I could be wrong I mean obviously you're I don't wrong. Yeah but I feel like for you maybe at that time you were super hungry to like make it yeah. happen right like that's, Well
1: I think what happened was I just did, the hardcore 90 minute hard close environment that I had walked into I had nothing to lose. I, didn't, I, was, I was young, naive, young and dumb. And I didn't know any better. And I didn't know that it was hard.
0: Yeah. I just didn't know. Yeah. And I got
1: to talk about vacations and traveling, which I loved doing and had been doing then for already six to seven years. Living mm-hmm. in Mexico, traveling through Mexico, traveling into Belize and down into Chile and, and Brazil and going places. I just talked about my vacations and got them excited and asked them if they wanted the same. And, you know, I'm 23 sitting there and I'm talking to a 35-year-old and this guy's with his wife going, what we And so it just, it just worked. I, yeah. And for whatever reason, I shot right up the ranks in that, in that business. I went from doing the presentations to doing group presentations for 30 couples um, to closing, finding, doing the closing, asking the heart and asking for the money, asking for the close, The, the clothes. guy at the end will yeah. go to a presentation someday. The guy or gal that comes in the <coughs> end is the closer, and everybody sits back and goes, oh, God, here he comes. Yeah. I just had fun, and I did really well, and then 2008 happened. Yeah, yeah. Lending got tight. Timeshare is simply a fractionalized mortgage, um, so sure. all of our lending restrictions went to... It just wasn't happening. So I took a year off, moved to Lake Tahoe, met my then met my now wife. Mm. I didn't want to work. I had money. I went golfing every day. Sure. And uh, then I fell into solar. Started a solar, ah. two solar companies, was recruited to move from San Diego to Sacramento.
0: When you say solar, you're talking like solar panels, like. residential solar inst, okay, residential cool. solar systems.
1: Really, cool. what we were selling was cheaper electricity, fixed rate electricity yeah. through
0: solar, which is a big a big value for homeowners, right? Huge, value. yeah.
1: Especially with the way that the utilities in California, especially look at PG&E with all the fires, SDG&E had fires uh, a decade ago. When that happens, they don't pay. The the end user does yeah so you get away from that with solar and I got in really early again the gods were on my side and I got in, got into it it was extremely lucrative I started two companies and uh, when I married my wife a friend of mine was at the wedding he called me three months later and said I'm starting a small company and that company became Solar City oh wow and that company is now Solar City is now Tesla so I was there for eight years what yeah.
0: Tesla, as in the motor company, or Tesla... Tesla Energy. Tesla so Energy. Tesla Energy too. owns
1: their residential, commercial, and microgrid solar division. And they also, of course, make
0: cars. But this doesn't... Oh, so this does have an affiliation with the... Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh, yeah.
1: I met him like, on the lawn a few times. Not one-on-one or anything,
0: but... There, right. So. In a group setting. Sort of. Yeah. That's v- really Vegas cool, Vegas man. trips for Christmas. And he, like uh, there's been some... Not recent, but in the last year, there's been some, uh, like... Stuff with him in the news about him, like, smoking weed on Joe Rogan and, like, doing the flamethrower thing. Good like, for him. Stocks plummeted with Tesla. That's the thing that's not good. Like, <laughs> right. if you're
1: going to be in that seat, you might want to... He has a fiduciary responsibility to his
0: shareholders. Yeah. That and if, probably wasn't the best move. I mean, imagine if you're a shareholder and you put up, you know, $10 bucks, and you wake up to news that he's smoking weed at, you know, yeah. like, on Joe Rogan. You're going to be pissed, Good right? for him, but not good for him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so... Let's just fast forward because I, I know you got to go to a meeting, but um, now you're in private money lending. How did you land in in this business? Because it's very different from you know solar panels. So right? real
1: estate background. I've had a real estate license mm-hmm. for twenty years. Okay. And construction, which is what solar is. Gotcha. And you're working with paper. All of it's all of this is paper money. Right? Sure. It's all lending of some sort. Um, and my wife's in banking. She happened to work with a gentleman who uh, is one of the C-level executives with the company. Mm-hmm. I left a position in construction down here in L.A. Yeah. And uh, that gentleman called me about 10 minutes. I called my wife, said I left. She was happy I left because the company I worked for was a grind out kind of company. Slow yeah. driving, basically. Yeah. I had no time for her or my daughter. Yeah. So I left, and um, I called her and told her. She said, okay, well, let's figure it out, and literally six or seven minutes later, my phone rang. And it was really? the gentleman from Moore saying, that's Mike, right? Kind of, that's Mike, right? Yeah, great guy. You've got the kind of background that we would like to see. Obviously, you've been in sales your entire life. You're obviously good at that, but you also have a real estate and, and construction background. Come talk to us.
0: Wow. And now you've been doing it, and you've been in, in the business for a while now, right? It's been... Four solid months. Okay. We'll keep that part out, <laughs> but um, cool, man. So I think the camera's gonna run out of space cool. in a second. But well, let's just jump to the question of um. Well, no, we should talk about. Uh, just go until it runs out. Is it off? Oh. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> You're fucking kidding me. Is the lensy? I don't think the lens was ever open. Did you get anything? Oh, you know what
1: happened we
0: can do it again yeah we, I got like 28 minutes but it oh fuck that long we're good don't worry about
1: it we can do a different
0: here like, no, here quick, quick cut I have an idea uh, we definitely got it it's just cut It'll probably the last like two minutes oh that's fine that's the part we wanted to cut yeah I just want to get that question in about the prescription did you have any cool answers to any of the other questions
1: no nothing I just I do that one. do you want to get do you want to make sure we got some of the part about how I wound up at more or no yeah, that's the thing. I feel like we didn't really get that. Yeah. To start with, and now you're in harmony, let me have that happen. I'll make it more concise. I won't tell the whole story again. Right.
0: I think three minutes is enough. Yeah. so <clears throat> so uh, Mike called you
1: yeah so I left a construction company I was with and because my wife and Mike worked together in long ago a decade ago in, in banking um, he gave me a call and it's
0: been uh, it's been a good ride cool so what's been uh, the main process for you for because as a lender you want to tell us a little bit about what you do as a lender yeah so we do private money and the biggest difference
1: or hard money, if you will. What that simply means is that we have private investors who allow us to use their money, and we are a conduit to borrowers who are investing in properties mm-hmm. and fixing and flipping those properties for profit. They then pay, pay back the lender. Um, gotcha. Instead of using a bank and making 2%, the fund brings in 7 to 10%, depending on the investment.
0: Gotcha. So it's like hard money loans. It's basically you're lending out capital to people doing fix and flips or cash out refinances, and basically giving them the capital quick so they can get in and out of their yep. deal. We're not
1: gonna have to deal with everything they have to deal with the bank because we cool. don't. Those private lenders aren't asking for the same kind of. Uh, uh, you don't. You don't have to jump through as many hoops because it's private. Like,
0: yeah. Bottom line, and you were telling me before we d- uh, got on the podcast that you did over half a million dollars last month. Yep. Which is pretty good for your first, like, for your fourth month. Yeah.
1: First full month, wow. first real full month feeling solid in yeah. seat and already rolling this month. So
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah. so Feeling feel the back. That's awesome. That's, that's really cool. I feel like I have a couple friends in the business and obviously I'm in this business as well. And it's extremely difficult, like extremely difficult. So that's awesome. Uh, last question before, I know you got to go to a meeting, but last question I had was, if you could prescribe anything to anyone in the world that they had to do for 30 days, what, what would that be? What would you, what would you prescribe them? master what was that? <laughs> I said that you can cut it and then you can, um did i ask that correctly yes i think it did okay cool
1: it's a great question um it would be it would be to travel mm. solid for 30 days i mean i would say travel a lot more than that especially when you are younger yeah but go alone travel alone not with friends don't go to meet anybody and go to a place that you're not totally comfortable with right um sure don't travel to
0: vegas not <laughs> you're not saying go party. You're saying go, go to, soul searching, a foreign country. and
1: maybe it's soul searching. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just traveling because when when you get away from what you know, the, your your brain chemistry changes, and sure. if you're alone, your senses are that much more alert.
0: Yeah, I think that's great advice, man. I haven't had the chance to. I mean, I've traveled around the world with my family. I haven't been around solo yet, but I think that's I think that's huge. I think you probably learn a lot about yourself Yeah, it's thirty days.
1: And what'll happen is in about the first five, the first six or seven, it'll be weird. The middle part'll be great, and then by the the third week, you'll be going, "This (laughs) is amazing," and then you'll start thinking, "Shit, I have to go home in a week."
0: (laughs) You don't want to come back. You don't want to come back because you're just loving every minute
1: of it. So you just, if you could do that every three years, it would be awesome.
0: I agree. All right, man. Cool. Dan, thanks a lot. All right, brother. Dan Swint. Where can these people find you? how do they get in touch? Uh, Dan at More
1: Financial is the easiest way. So, M O R Financial. And my email address is my name, Dan at More Financial. Cool. Thanks a lot, man. All right, brother. Let's get it. Yep. Awesome.